Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The world's greatest athletic showcase. But just outside the show, rape, genocide, slave labor. American companies are drunk on Chinese dollars, entangled with communist dictators committing atrocities and propping up these genocide games staged by the Chinese Communist Party. And what can we do? Stand for freedom. Defund the dictators. When you see made in China, put it down. Wow. Where did that come from? That's Enos Cantor Liberty? Freedom? The uh, Boston Celtics uh, star from Turkey, who's hardcore on the China or dictators don't do business with them front. Love it. So if there's one thing that could come out of the Olympic Games, as far as I'm concerned, I uh, rather than having everybody have a name they remember for the rest of their lives, like often happens with Olympics, whether, man, I can go way back, Carl Lewis, Franz Klammer, there's so many names over the many, many years of Olympics. Um, all Nadia the, Komenich. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rather than that, I would I would like to have way more people come out of this saying, wow, China's a bad country and the enemy of the United States, and we need to keep their eye on them. And I'm reading this piece in the Wall Street Journal today from Walter Russell Mead, columnist. Time to increase defense spending. Let me read a little of it. I thought it was really good. The 2022 Winter Olympics will be remembered for geopolitics, not sports. It's where Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin declared war on the post-Cold War... Let me try it again so I get it right, because this is important stuff. It's where Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin declared war on the post-Cold War world order and the American primacy that sustained it. Issuing a joint statement that criticized the U.S. by name six times on Friday... It's amazing how little coverage this got. In fact, right. if I didn't watch Fox, I wouldn't have heard it on broadcast news. Wow, what an interesting question. Why is that? What does that show? What does that mean? It's got to have something. This is this is going to be close, but no cigar. But the the intellectual class considers hating America and not being a patriot to be a sign of enlightenment. So if you recognize the threat of America's enemies, or even recognize the fact that they announced, hey, we hate you. That's somehow, I don't know, that's, I don't know, that's, that's awfully flag-wavy. I don't know if we're comfortable writing that story. Why don't we sit on that for a couple of days? Is it too complicated because you'd, you know, no. you'd need an explainer or something like that? The leader of China, clearly the number one enemy of the world, and Russia, probably, you know, second. Or certainly China's useful lapdog. Certainly them working together would be bad news for the planet, and they announced that they are, more or less, on Friday. And as Walter Russell Mead says here, they named America by name six times and outlined outlined an ambitious program of anti-Western collaboration from Ukraine to the South China Sea. The two leaders left no doubt that the world's holiday from history has come to an end. That's the way he read it. That's the way I heard it. And we paid no attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's completely right, too. 
The world's holiday from history has come to an end. The United States was able to enforce a world order for about 70 years. And China and Russia announced on Friday that is over. It's been over for a very long time. This has made it 100% undeniable. Are we going to pay attention to that? Um, Not to get too far off track. Can I do this off the top of my head? Because I had it worded perfectly. I think Ian Bremmer tweeted this out. Some geopolitical thinker saying, we've got to get over this idea, and, 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 and we're constantly bashing presidents of both parties for this. Anytime the world order gets worse, our domestic politics is, what did we do wrong to allow this to happen? As opposed to the state of the universe is disorder. And there are many, many actors working toward disorder. How about you pay a little attention to the people that are working every day, all day, putting billions of dollars behind creating disorder? It's not like the natural state is order unless we screw it up. No, the la- the natural state of, 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 the, of, of humanity is disorder. Right. And we were able to hold it for a little while, but nobody knew it was. Nobody thought it was going to last forever. It's not necessarily the United States' fault if disorder comes back to the world. Too much masterminding, as I, I mentioned reading an editorial, I think it was last week. There are too many people in the United States, on both sides of the aisle really, who think that we can run everything and solve everything, as opposed to being a one country, a very powerful country uh, on Earth that has to deal with the weather, as it were. The weather being geopolitics. You can't stop the rain. You just have to figure out what strategies will work to you know, deal with it best. So if you didn't hear this, China in that statement they made together uh, at Beijing on Friday, China said, no, 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 NATO sucks and uh, Russia should be able to go to Ukraine. And Putin said, uh, Taiwan belongs to China and China should be able to take that back. So they they both were on, but we're, we're both on board with these sorts of things. So getting back to this piece from the Wall Street Journal, because I thought it was pretty damned interesting. The world has changed and American policy must change with it. Americans shouldn't deceive themselves. The end of the post-Cold War era is a major setback for the planet. During the Cold War, American defense spending averaged close to 7% of gross domestic product. After the 1991 collapse of the Soviet Union, America enjoyed a so-called peace dividend, and defense spending fell as low as 2.9% during Clinton's second term. As the cost of the war on terror grew, spending climbed past 4% by 2008. Again, during the entire Cold War, we averaged 7% of spending um, on uh, defense. It grew to 4% in 2008. Uh, right now, we're looking at 2.9% for this year. And he's arguing in the Wall Street Journal that if we would up that to 4%, according to the Pentagon, we could probably do the things we need to do to be able to hold off our enemies. If we only went up to 4% from 2.98%, but that's going to be a lot of money, we still would be well below what we spent during the Cold War, War, but he's making the argument that we need to get serious about defense. The most dangerous and expensive of all mistakes is to underspend on defense at a time of growing threat. In 1940, as Hitler marched into Paris, the U.S. was spending 1.7% of GDP on defense. By 1944, it was 37%. So in other words, if you don't spend it during the peace times, you end up spending it during the war times. Oh, yeah, that is absolutely undeniably true. History has proved that over and over again. Let me tell you a story about two families, though, Jack. I'm going to call family one the Pasternak's. 
And family number two, the Presentsons. The Pasternaks lived within their means and had almost no debt whatsoever. The Presentsons have a mortgage and a second mortgage and $175,000 in credit card debt, even though Mr. Presentson only makes hundred grand a year. And they have such enormous interest payments, the idea of installing an alarm system on their home is just completely impossible. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Um, anyway, uh, please, interest on the debt has gone from, you'd ask the, the Secretary of the Treasurer in, in 1982, uh, what are we paying uh, interest on the debt? He'd say, Jeez, I don't know. I don't care. I'd have to look it up. What are you talking about? To now, it's become a serious part of the federal budget. And as soon as interest rates continue to go up, it's going to be even worse. So these things have ramifications, these uh, incredible, uh, you know, unwise uh, obligations we've made to this monstrous welfare state. But, yeah, I would love this. My God, our Navy is so in need of modernization. It's it's terrible. Yeah, I, uh, we don't want to be the most serious radio show on the planet. I don't want to be a downer at every party I get to. But, man, I wish I could just tell everybody in the Western world, look, this is like history of the globe serious. Okay, right? do you get it? You know, it's funny. It's like the uh, the Leo DiCaprio movie where they say there's a meteor. It's 100% going to hit the earth. It will wipe out all life. And they can't get anybody to pay attention. <laughs> right, right. It is like that. Yeah, And it yeah. kind of reminds me of back when bin Laden in the uh, late 80s, early 90s was announcing to the world, oh, we're at war with the United States. Uh, it is our stated goal to attack the United States. We're going to kill as many Americans as we can. And we all just ignored it. Now China and Russia, who are way more capable than ISIS. China! They have, Russia! China and Russia have the ability to destroy the planet if they wanted to. They're declaring that, no, things are changing and they're changing fast. Anybody paying attention? You know, Jack, just uh, one more note about rebuilding the navy i want to point out that in the navy you can sail the seven seas Mm. in the navy you can put your mind at ease in the navy come on people fall and make a stand in the navy can't you see we need a hand joe's reading lyrics from the village people During a time of crisis. Where can you find pleasure? Search the world for treasure. Learn science and technology. Where can you begin to make your dreams all come true? On the land or on the sea? So I was at the professional (laughs) bull riding the other night, and they played the village people, but they played YMCA, of course. Of course, yes. And uh, people did their little uh, arm gestures, uh, which my kids had never seen before, so they found it quite amusing. Oh, it is. Um, that song originally came out when I was roughly their age. Uh, was it in the Navy before YMCA, or was it the disappointing follow-up to YMCA? It was probably out of the same, you know, album. I don't, I don't know. I think it was. I'm not going to look that up because I don't care. In the Navy, Jack. Come on, protect <laughs> the motherland. In the Navy. Come on and join your fellow man. Oh, I know what they mean by that. <laughs> In the Navy, come on, people, make a stand. In the Navy. In the Navy. And, of course, I listened to the village people. I had no idea they were gay or what gay was. So, Actually, the uh, wasn't the, the lead singer not gay? I don't They're know. They're just gay icons. Oh, okay. And, and several of them may have been gay fellas, but, you know. Pretty shiny. The musical legacy they've left us with will stand <laughs> forever. Among things I would like to talk about is uh, what Elon Musk is up to, other than building the Cybertruck now. He's got a new thing he's into, which 
could change mankind forever if he's successful, <laughs> among other things to talk about. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Where can you find pleasure? Search the world for treasure. Learn science, technology. Is this the village people? This is the village people's smash hit in the Navy. And we got to get to the chorus, obviously. I gotta, I gotta teach my brother, the con- career naval officer, how to play this on guitar. <laughs> you gotta do that weird chick thing that they did in the seventies. Oh, chick! Right. Here we go. Everybody sing. Put your mind at ease. <laughs> how do you need a hand, you idiot? How do you write a song like that? Oh, my God. How do you get it on the radio? <laughs> my friend uh, Dave, the tax policy expert, pointed out via text that, indeed, the, the village people's first smash hit was Macho Man. Okay. Gotcha. We want you as a new recruit. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, 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 boy. All right. All right. That's enough. That is enough. You know, those were uh, those were better times. <laughs> Certainly lighter-hearted. I mentioned that Neil Young has a 10-point advantage in approval rating compared to podcaster Joe Rogan. <laughs> okay. And I have more. Of course, back. that's just after the first run. There are four runs in this event, and the cumulative score is used <laughs> to rank the competitors and assign medals. And also, Neil Young has told the Spotify staff to get out of that place before it eats up your soul. To which most of the Spotify staff responded, Who's Neil Young again? <laughs> well, and even if he was, you know, freaking Martin Luther, I mean, <laughs> he might be wrong. And in this case, he's just wrong. He's wrong as hell. He's a, a twisted old hippie who smoked too much pot. A twisted old hippie. I love his songs. Uh, I like his music. But that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to him about politics. So this is uh, this is interesting. I've uh, collected these stories over the last several days, uh, but just several days. This one amuses and just horrifies me. The city of Seattle, during the whole Chaz Chop thing, you remember that? Yeah. The mayor had her administration draft legislation that would have transferred the police department's East Precinct building to Black Lives Matter. They were going to give away the police department building to Black Lives Matter. They're so terrified. That is so crazy. Oh, and and by the by, this is semi-unrelated, but uh, the good folks, and I use that uh, dripping with sarcasm at uh, GoFundMe, that cut off the funding and tried to confiscate the money donated to the trucker uh, protest in Ottawa, they were just fine with routing money to the Chaz Chop thing, by the way. That, that violently took over city blocks in Seattle. Keep that in mind as you consider using GoFundMe. Anyway, so you got that insane story out of Seattle. Then, uh, let's see. Black Lives Matter labeled delinquent by the California Attorney General over murky finances. 
murky $60 million finances. The lefty attorney general of California said, hey, your paperwork is miles from in order. We can't tell what's going on with your organization at all. Really? you got to come correct. Interesting. Meanwhile, here's another headline. This is from the New York Post. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors tied to other groups with with spending red flags. Long story short, she and her husband, and her best friend, and the co-writer of her memoir, and her neighbor are all consultants for this interconnected group of so-called charities, all of which rake in millions of dollars, and then her consulting makes them well into the six-figure salaries from each one. It is so clearly a scam. And then you come to this. Now, I wish we had a little more time for this, but this is from New York Magazine, which is as left as left can be. And after a little introduction with some specifics from specific towns, they get into the fact that there are, broadly speaking, two branches of activism. There are on-the-ground grassroots organizers who work locally, passionately, and with little money, often risking their lives and livelihood through their protests. And then there are the larger, more professionalized national groups with corporate donations and fundraising power whose high-profile leaders can garner lucrative speaking gigs and book deals. Then they mention that the tension between those two groups... Uh, have been high for forever and ever. You got groups reaping tens of millions of dollars while while local organizers stretch themselves to the brink of homelessness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And New York Magazine, without without hesitation, brands Black Lives Matter is a giant cash sucking behemoth. That's a brief summary. I wish I had a little more time to talk about it. Maybe we, when we can come back. But all you corporations pouring money in this organization to make you look good. Oh, you are the biggest of fools. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to talk about what the world's richest man has been up to uh, in a little bit. So stay tuned. That's Elon Musk. And Jack like a fool. Falling for his latest plot to take over humanity. I am an Elon Musk fanboy. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, well, scientists are concerned about his next project. We will debate. I'm I'm just excited that the world's richest man is somebody that's interested in so many different, like, really cool things as opposed to, you know, I, I don't get any feeling from, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey, Jeffrey Born in 1964, I just I don't I don't know various any, hedge fund managers. Yeah, exactly. I don't get any good feeling from Jeffrey Bezos or but Elon. Anyway, more on that in a second. Right. So, uh, getting back to this piece from New York Magazine, which is just echoing that of many many other publications, but I found it notable that it's such a lefty uh, publication that they would go with this angle <clears throat> and at length. Of course, it's one of those magazines they they can't write a thousand word article. It doesn't exist in their world. It's got to be half a book. But anyway, um. They mentioned that in terms of Black Lives Matter, you've got the idea that Black Lives Matter and all sorts of uh, local groups that have adopted that moniker. And then you got the national organization, Black Lives Matter, and that local activists all over America are pissed off because they can't get dime number one from the national group, even though they're doing the work allegedly that's supposed to be done. Some local activists contend that little of the money raised at the national level makes its way to their organizations or the families of black people killed by police. 
Uh, November 2020, 10 chapters of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation issued a public call for greater financial transparency, etc. The organization responded to the criticism three months later by releasing for the first time some detailed information about its finances. The big Black Lives Matter said it had raised more than $90 million in 2020. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That, that, they're, they're, remember that couple of months there where it just... Major company after major company crawling all over each other to get the attention for how many millions of dollars they were given to Black Lives Matter. And as we uh, ran out of time in the previous segment, I said they were fools. And uh, that was, I wish I'd had a little more time because in a way they're not. They were buying, uh, it was uh, it was almost blackmail. It was like uh, Jesse Jackson used to go to whatever, company A, giant mm-hmm. motor company, for instance, and say, hey, serious allegations of racism uh, here at motor company A. Uh, hate for that to hit the papers and motor company a would say oh so uh operation push uh we'd love to make a substantial donation i've always loved those allegations would go away i've always loved the rainbow coalition here's a check right exactly yeah yeah so anyway uh so if they you know if if nike uh thought you know this will really get us in with the young black people who buy our gear yeah let's do that let's make it it's it's a marketing decision sure and if it worked they're not fools no nope, uh, no nope. i don't appreciate them you know throwing gasoline on the fire of race hatred in america but i get it anyway so uh black lives matter uh the the big one said it raised more than $90 million in 2020. It incurred $8.4 million in operating expenses. Boy, the uh, charities that we've urged you to give to, the idea that they would spend about 10% in operating expenses is hilarious. Anyway, they distributed, of that $90 million, $21.7 million in grants to several organizations and retained $60 million in its coffers. But again, gave like nothing to the actual families of people they claimed to represent. Oh, that's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And where is the media on making a big deal out of this? Well, it's it's happening more and more because it's so egregious. If you're in if you're really in favor of all the things Black Lives Matter claimed to care about. You should hate them more. You should be the ones really holding their feet to the fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they use the suffering of black people. And, and, you know, we could argue about whether various police shootings were justified or not. But from their perspective, they're using the suffering of black people to get crazy ass rich while not doing the very thing they swear up and down that they're doing, which is advancing people's lives. It's uh, and again, they all are interconnected and their relatives are making money like crazy being their marketing consultant and that sort of thing. It's just like being a member of Congress. It's just unbelievable. It's so filthy that even now your lefty polit- or publications are, are piling on. So, you know, that's probably enough, but it's uh, it's unholy, man. Speaking of being C.A.R., crazy ass rich, Elon Musk, world's richest man, guy who runs uh Tesla, the most valuable car company in the world, more valuable than every other car company added together at various times. Which Still is, strikes me as very odd. And I think I think he's not even that interested in Tesla anymore. The interesting thing about, the, one of the many interesting things about Elon Musk is, I, I, I think he gets up in the morning and what, what tickles his fancy is what he's going to pour his energy into. It's it's not just about I'm going to build a car company. Some days I think he's really into getting to Mars. Some days I think he's really into an electric car, and some days I think he's into these 
human robots and the Neuralink chip, the the Orgasmatron, which we'll tell you about here in a second. Uh, Yeah, let's uh, spare some time for that one. Well, like on the Tesla front, several of the big announcements about Tesla that he made a couple of years ago, they, they haven't started making any of them. He just hasn't been paying attention or made it a priority. The Cybertruck, which was supposed to debut last year, nowhere to be seen. I think they even took it off the website or a bunch of the information went down off the website. So I don't know what's going on there. That's got to be a little frustrating if like you're in charge of the Cybertruck and and you keep trying to get a meeting, and he says, nah, I'm kind of into this chip-in-the-brain thing. <laughs> well, he might just move you over to the, uh, yeah, going to Mars thing. Yeah, yeah. So there are some scientists who are concerned about that project. We'll talk about in a second. But first, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Have you ever wanted to know what's happening at home when you're not there? Well, you're going to love the new wireless outdoor uh, camera from Simply Safe. Let you see what's happening outside right from your phone. Alerts you when anyone approaches so you always know who's there, including when your youngsters get home from school or if some rando is checking your doorknob to see if it's locked. Because of technological advances, they have cameras where you could actually see the face of the random that was checking your door or the license plate of the car that uh, you know has been cruising by your house or whatever. That's pretty cool. Simply Safe is monitored 24-7 by professionals ready to dispatch police, firefighters, and EMTs to your home. Less than a dollar a day you can have all this. You set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. No long-term contracts. Oh, wait a minute. So it's a better system. It's less expensive, and you're not locked in for three years like the other guys. Wow. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. One more time, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So I got a Tesla last summer. I was uh, intrigued by it, mostly driven to it by the price of gas in California. <laughs> with gas being $5 a gallon, it, it can make things pencil out in a different way. But... um. Uh, and I absolutely love it. But I, so I was talking on the phone last night with a guy who is, uh, wanting to sell his. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in maybe upgrading a little bit because I bought the cheaper, older model and that sort of thing. So I was talking about, so what did you get? And he got the new, have you heard about the Tesla plaid model? No. That's the newest S. He said it's the only thing you can buy right now. Um, it's a, the way he got it packaged, it's a 165, I think. <gasps> yeah. The plaid model? I, when did cars become this expensive? I'll, I'll yeah. never own a car that costs so much money. I'd buy old, used stuff, years old. Somebody else ate that. 165 grand. But listen to this. So the, the, the one I drive is by far the fastest car I've ever driven. I mean, just crazy. And you can watch YouTube videos of the car I drive. D- d- dusting, you know, the Mustang Cobras and that sort of stuff. This one he drives... Tesla claims is zero to sixty in one point nine eight seconds. Sub Holy two seconds. That's now, your your lips like pressed back and your mouth flapping fast. That was one of the things I was wondering because the um, ludicrous mode with the one that is out. I've seen videos of that of people doing zero to sixty, and that one is like a second slower than that. And people groan in the videos in the YouTube in the YouTube videos. They go. <laughs> And then they talk about their neck hurts, or I think I'm going to throw up. And I thought, so if you're going a full second faster than that, at what point is it? (laughs) Are you like you're going to people's livers are going to collapse and stuff like that? I mean, just there's got to be a limit, doesn't there? We got ribs breaking and such. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't imagine what that would feel like. It would feel like when I flew with the Blue Angels, I thought I think or or something anyway. Um, so, uh, I think 
Elon has turned his attention away from the Tesla to some of these other things. According to according to Bloomberg a couple of weeks ago, these humanoid robot things are his biggest fascination right now. You know, we've all seen these videos. What is that company that puts out videos all the time? Boston Dynamics. Yeah, yeah with those robots that do flips and dance and chuck boxes about. Well, Elon thinks he can do to human-ish robots what he did to the electric car. People were kind of bumping around with electric cars that were, eh, wasn't really catching on. He comes along, changes the whole world. He thinks he can do that with these humanoid robots, um, using a lot of the technology from the Teslas. But Finally a robot butler. Yeah, and he gets into how it could, um, what it could do to the workforce and all that sort of stuff. And that that's that's its own separate topic he says the foundation of the economy is labor so what happens if you don't actually have a labor shortage as in you got all these robots doing everything all the time i'm not sure what an economy even means at that point andrew Um, yang calling andrew yang calling yeah um but you know companies would snatch them up if they could get these robots they could stack all their boxes and drive all their trucks and do all these sorts of things so that's elon's current focus and he's been successful at revolutionizing other industries. Boy, uh, you know, truck driving, that's a ways off. But like box stacking oh. that, or a burger making? Are you oh. kidding me, please? Absolutely. Effortless. And, you know, I'm in favor of this because, you know, I'm getting liquored up in front of the TV. And once in a while, I have to get up and walk like to the next room and replenish my liquor to get more liquored up in front of the TV. And if only I had a robot butler could who could relieve me of that 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 torture. Now, before we run out of time, we've got to get to the Orgasmatron. So another one of Elon's things. Isn't that out of a Woody Allen movie from, like, 1971? Probably. That's one of the things I like about Elon is his sense of humor. Um, is this Neuralink thing, the uh, brain-to-computer interface, where you get some sort of chip thing in your head and you can control computers with your brain. And he uh, positions it a lot on how it could help people living with severe paralysis and that sort of stuff, and obviously that would be very, very cool. Mm -hmm. But then just for average, regular, everyday people, it would have all kinds of benefits, and then possibly maybe an exoskeleton that you have on your body that you can control with your own mind gives you unbelievable strength and that sort of thing. Like I have an exoskeleton. wait a minute. Now you're talking. (laughs) I'd be like, uh, I'm so bad at movies. What's his name? You know, the actor in that uh, hero movie, the uh, superhero movie, you know, that one Mm -hmm. who had the big, I think it was an Iron Man thing. This would be kind of Iron Man-ish. Yeah, so you'd have uh, that that big, uh, who was the villain in the one who was like in a super gigantic robot outfit? Anyway, boy, would I so terror. Some of the researchers are exploring the idea of stimulating the brain's pleasure centers directly, allowing people to do without drugs or alcohol uh, to achieve pleasurable sensations. Excelsior! <laughs> it was originally designed as a pain management system to lessen pain. Fair enough. In your brain, but it can also give pleasure. And uh, and they believe giving you an orgasm instantly. <laughs> um, this one guy had accidentally done it to a woman, gave her an orgasm by connecting the electrodes of his pain management system to the right spot on her spine, and it gave her an instant orgasm. Wow. And she said an to the IO, rarely seen. She actually, <laughs> she actually said to the uh, scientist, apparently, can you teach my husband to do that? Hilarious. Um, I, I personally, I kind of enjoy the journey. They're going to present it as orgasm on demand. Okay, I'm out of work. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, Musk said that he, uh, you know, and he's also good at, at a hook. The orgasm thing's a hook to get sure. people like us to talk about it. He's good at a hook. And, uh, and, and that's not really the point of the whole thing. Musk has said his company hopes to start implanting its chips in human brains in 2022, two years later than he originally promised. By this year, though, we might be having yeah. volunteers. And my hand is up, Elon. Oh, my God. My I was, hand is up. I was just reading, and we got to wrap this up, but uh, medical ethicists writing about, wait a minute, He's, he says it's to help the paralyzed people. Shut and up. But the idea of him implanting chips, connecting them with computers, harvesting all sorts of data for use in God knows what future project. No. Nah. Elon's, no, we need to have serious talks about the ethics Elon's of this. not Mark Zuckerberg. He's not trying to harvest my dad. He's trying to come up with something cool and wonderful. I He's will in league with... If you want somebody relatively high profile to have the chip put in their brain, my both hands are up and now one leg. He just proudly leapt into bed with the communist Chinese, you fool. My brain will be unmolested by that turncoat. I already got the booster shot. That put the 5G chip in me, right? All right, I'm done here. I'm through. Go ahead. Armstrong and Getty. Ladies and gentlemen, we give you a certain doe-eyed Disney princess-looking congresswoman and her views. To me, capitalism at its core, what what we're talking about when we talk about that is the absolute pursuit of profit at all human, environmental, and social cost. That is what we're really discussing. And to me, that is not a redeemable system for us to be able to participate in for the prosperity and peace for the vast majority of people. Wow. AOC comes out anti-free market. Uh, what does she have in mind? Socialism, surely. I would think that'd be more controversial. I didn't know it was something you could say out loud that you're against capitalism. You've got to go so far against the woke left narrative to get anybody to say something. It's like the uh, the Black Lives Matter stuff we were talking about. You have to amass and hold on to and hand out to your friends $90 million before the woke media will call you on your ass. And so, no, it's inconvenient. They don't want to go against AOC. She's a, she's a good guy. She's on the right side. That's unfreaking believable. The free market is at its root irredeemable. What a ludicrous opinion. What if people's behavior is what destroys the free market? Or at least people's view of the free market. It's our behavior that destroys it. The free market works great if you have a society that um, cares about prudence. But it doesn't work if you don't. I'm looking at this story. Seven in ten Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck now. Well, how much of that is because of the times we live in and how much of it is people's behavior? And if you have enough people that are barely getting by and are being convinced by the AOCs of the world that it's because of the system... It's nothing they did. That's right. It's inherent in the system. I think support for capitalism goes away. 
Yeah, the difficulty of the free market, and, and, and sages more wise and eloquent than me have done a better job of describing this, but the problem with the free market, it is, is, it's the absence of something. It does itself. It takes care of itself. I'm about halfway through the autobiography of Calvin Coolidge, the only president to come into office and shrink government, which is why you never hear about him and there are no giant statues. Of course, he specifically didn't want statues of him because he thinks the president is overrated and gets way too much attention. Wow, which makes him a hero. Um, But uh, in his autobiography, he's talking about the way he grew up and the way the people of Vermont, the people of the Northeast where he lived, were. And just nobody would buy anything on credit. You, you'd, you'd save enough money, and you paid for things, and you paid off this before you got something else, and just, just that Lived lifestyle. very austerely as well. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, if you have a population that does that, the free market works real damn well. Works brilliantly, yeah. Well, and I would respond to AOC, her little assertion that, uh, you know, capitalism uh, seeks nothing but endless profit at any cost to the environment and humanity and blah, blah, blah. Uh, exactly where is that functioning? In some sort of anarchist to dreamland? Not only do we have sensible regulation in this country to protect everything you were talking about, we've gone way overboard to the point of bureaucratic bloat. She's just a fool. She has the mind of a 16-year-old. I've got some more stats on that uh, people's view of their own financial situation. Maybe we'll do that at some point in hour four. And next hour, we're going to go big on the Canadian trucker protest that has really, really grown. Now, if you don't get the next hour, you can't listen. Grab it later via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Or wherever you like to download podcasts, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty.